Welcome to Jags Drive Time with John Osher, Osher. Brian Sexton, Sexton, and Kai Stevens. Stevens. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Welcome into Drive Time, June 6th here at Jaguar Stadium, Brian Sexton, John Osher, thank you for joining us. Of course, we had a little open OTA practice yesterday, so that was enjoyable for us. And, you know, we're kind of winding down this OTA process as we get things going. And I'm excited for training camp to start. I don't want to look too, too far ahead, but that's my big thing. How many days? Have you counted the hours yet? I have not. I'm not doing a full Christmas countdown, but I'm getting pretty close. Yeah, I, I, it'll get here when it gets here, and I'll be <laughs> fired up then. I'm uh, also fired up for the time before that. Yeah. Uh, but it, I get what Kai's saying. Yeah, There's so much you, at this point, once you've seen three OTA practices, uh, and there'll be a few mini camp practices next week, I'm not sure who all will be there, you've sort of seen what you can glean, and it's not that much. So in terms of trying to analyze this team, absolutely look forward to August first, second, whenever they're on the field and pads. I'm excited for the Miller Electric Center. You Absolutely. Know? I mean, having been here for 29 years and, mm-hmm. and uh, watched this building go up and then deteriorate and now put up a, a fabulous facility like the one that is about to open next door, uh, I know the coaches and players are really excited to get in there, and, uh, and so am I. I can't wait. Definitely turn that page. Let's go over Let's some go. big things right now. We'll do our big thing number one is the to-do list for Doug Peterson. He kind of went over with us yesterday a little bit about the roster and where he thinks the state of things are today. You look at the big picture of things. I mean, I, I, I like the fact that we've got some young secondary guys that, that can work inside and outside. There's there's some, some valuable players, you know, there that could possibly help us. I mean, the depth at linebacker, depth at D-line. Um, and we talked about the edge rush, you know, the pass rush there. And, you know, offensive line, we got deeper. This is one of the better top-to-bottom offensive lines that we've had in a long time, you know. Here, receiver room looks good. Running back room looks good. So, you know, right now, I would say everything looks great, right? Ask me in about three months. All looks good on paper. We'll have to see how it turns out. Big thing. Number two is being the one of after the success that they had last season. They're not going to sneak up on anybody. And Doug Peterson said that it's really put the onus on him to get his team prepared to be the hunted. That falls on me to make sure that they – they don't look past what we're what we're trying to get accomplished today, and that that's on me to make sure we don't look down the road. And and uh, last year's last year, and you just have to keep reiterating the point. Like, you know, I've said this in here before. It's you know, it's a new team, it's a new season. You know, we got to start over, and and that's got to be the mentality. You know, it's great what we did, but um, we haven't done anything in 23. You know, and, and we haven't played a football game yet. So, uh, got a lot of work to do, but uh, it falls on me to make sure that they stay. They stay level-headed and grounded and um, keep working hard. And big thing number three is who? Who will be an addition to this team? We saw Leonard Floyd signed with the Bills yesterday. So discussions with Doug about when and if and who they might be adding to this roster. You can't just jump at the first thing, you know, that's there. And and obviously, um, you know, somebody has to fit your roster and fit, you know, your structure financially and, and all of that. But... You know, there's going to be guys probably going into training camp. There's going to be guys coming out of training camp that that we'll take a look at. Uh, but um, you know, those are all things for you know conversations for down the road. And and uh, we've been pleased with the guys that are here and been working. And um, you know, we just got to get get them better and ready to go. 
Doug not giving anything away there, but he's definitely working on what he has here in camp or in OTAs right now, kind of focusing on that. And I guess no rush right now, right? Like, I don't think there's so. a lot of guys still available. I, well, and, and I, I, I think there's a lot of young guys on this team that you mm-hmm. want to get a good look at. You start bringing veteran guys in here before you give reps to some of these guys mm-hmm. that you have been coaching all offseason. You might be missing something, John. Yeah. And, you know, when I look at the roster, I don't. I know they want a, a, a better pass rush this year, but if none of those guys fit and they don't end up here, you got some guys you can work with. I don't look at the roster and go, well, if they don't add this, I think yes. they've got a good group of players, and if they don't add anyone until after cuts, that's not a problem. Yeah, I think people took what Doug and Trent said <laughs> after the draft and sort of made a mountain out of a molehill, if you will. Yeah. And uh, they both said, yeah, the roster's not complete yet. Well, Every GM says that after every draft. Right. So I don't necessarily think that that was Trent Baalke trying to be code after the draft saying, we have to go sign a pass rusher or the wheels are coming off this thing. Look, they lost Smoot and they lost Arden Key. Those were good pieces and Arden played very well at the end of the last year. But the reality is if they go get somebody, I don't think they're necessarily thinking that they're going to get a guy who's going to come in and be the best pass rusher on the team. I think they think they're going, if they need a guy – it's a supplementary part to the pass rush they already have. So I think there's a difference between what the fans are thinking right now. You know, I, I think we used it last week. I got a question. Hey, why are the Jaguars struggling to find a pass rusher? I, I don't think they are. I think mm-hmm. they, they have probably contacted three or four free agents, said, hey, we're interested. When the price gets right, let's stay in touch. Don't sign anywhere else until you talk to us. That's about where they're at right now. I look, and I, I don't have these high expectations for Jordan Smith, right? Because he was out all last year, and he didn't do anything as a rookie. But when you look at him, Kai, you see a guy, and you think, well, that's what a pass rusher looks like, right? Well, I want to see him on the practice field. I want to see him every snap of the three preseason games. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Caleb Von Chason. I mean, when you look at the guy, you see all of the physical attributes, and he's made a bunch of plays. I get it. It's out here running around in shorts and T-shirts, but maybe he's turned the corner. Well, let me find that out. If Justin Houston is the guy that I long for, right, or or Jadavian Clowney or Yannick Ngakwe or Frank Clark, whoever the veteran is, I'll be able to find that guy, you know, sometime in August. And I'll know mid-August, yeah, I don't have enough pass rush yet. So there's no reason to rush it right now. I want to see these guys and give them all the reps I possibly can. It's kind of like when you're a cook, Brian, so I use this yeah. example. You always check what you have in the pantry first, right, before yeah. you go to the grocery store. You're like, do I have some stuff that can work for this situation? And it's kind of like we have some young guys. Obviously, they weren't, you know, some of them were rookies last year, and some of them maybe weren't up to their fullest potential. So maybe it's what do we have here? Can we work with what we have before we go out and add into this? You're right. And maybe I'm already out on the limb, but let me go all the way out. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be – the year that we see some production from number 45 from from Caleb on chase on mm-hmm. is he going to be that first round pick number no I don't I don't see that but I think he's the guy who can take Arden Key's spot right mm-hmm. I've always when I've watched chase on it's amazed me he gets to the quarterback he gets around the quarterback but he never makes the play right he just doesn't finish maybe he's turned a corner and can finish and just watching him I've been interested in just his awareness which is about all you can look for out there at this point, John. Uh, but I'll go out on the limb and say that this is the year that, that Chason has a significant impact, right? And maybe it's only four and a half sacks like Arden Key. Mm-hmm. But people look and go, oh, hmm. Well, maybe he can be a player. Also, remember how this works. It's not like if the Jaguars call Unique 
for example, and say, hey, we'll, we're ready to sign you. We're going to sign you for $7 million. Well, the agent's going to say, fantastic, and he's going to call four or five other yep. teams yep. and see if he can get, get so it knocked up. It, the, it still is going to have to be something that works. So my sense is there's multiple teams, Jaguars included, waiting for the market to come down and make sense. I don't know where that market's going to be. I don't know if it'll get there for this. Because remember, every dollar you spend this year, something you can't roll over when cap's going to be a big issue going forward. So, again, I just don't think that they are – I don't think they feel desperate. I think there are fans who see this as a desperate situation. And I think it'll be a little bit situational, too. I know um, we talked about Riley, and then all of a sudden we get a new kicker. So I think it might be something where something pops up or, you know, if someone is injured in training camp and you're like, hey, we really need a veteran presence here. Because also, I think there is something to be said. When you have young players on defense, you don't necessarily want to bring in a ton of people that are like, oh, I don't believe in you, so I'm bringing in these other people to kind of take your job. Because there's the mental aspect as well. These are young guys. You're right. And and it it harkens back to something we've been talking about around here for years, but we've never done, and that is draft and develop, John. Mm -hmm. This team has always had to use free agency as a means to overcome the mistakes in in the draft that has been made around here. Well, now you've got some young guys with potential that you're excited about, and you have the added impetus of the quarterback and his salary. You have to become a draft and develop team. You must become a draft and develop team because your salary cap is not going to allow you with this quarterback salary to be able to go do that for much mm-hmm. longer. So this is a good year to practice and develop these guys. If, if you're going to be a draft and develop team, you have to draft and develop. And I, I know that sounds kind of silly, but they've talked around here forever about being a draft and develop team, and then they draft, and if a guy's not okay in the first year, yeah. they go get that guy. Draft and develop. The hard months of draft and develop are after the season until that next season starts when you have to trust what you've done before. Yeah, can't mm-hmm. panic. That's good. No one's panic. Everyone's chill. We're good right now. Is there any names that you guys are really interested in that is still available that maybe you'd want to see as an addition, or are you still kind of just waiting to see what the roster has currently? I'll give you a name. Uh, and only because I, I've admired him since – watching him in the Citrus Bowl, you know, destroy Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jadavion Clowney, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you're going to give me someone, you know, when he and J.J. Watt were together in the division in Houston, and I, I would stand by the tunnel here as they would rock out on the field. They're just so much bigger than everyone else. I mean, when you want to – if you're looking for a guy who walks through the crowd at the airport, you go, that guy plays in the NFL. Well, it's Clowney, yeah. right? I mean, he's got the longest arms and, and the broadest shoulders. So if you're going to bring someone in – you know, I mean, he's never been that star, but disruptive? Mm-hmm. Holy hell, the guy can blow things up in the middle of the line. And I know he's got a bad knee, and he's been around for a long time. But if I'm going to put some money into an older guy, I'd take him. Yeah, I I don't know that they already don't have that in Trayvon. Meaning, I, I think Trayvon could develop into a much better pass rush than he showed last year. But he's disruptive. He's big. I mean, I think, I think Trayvon can give you what Clowney could give oh, you right now. That. And I think that's why they're not going after that. I think they feel that the only question with Trayvon, it's not whether he's going to be very, 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 very good. It's whether he's going to have sack numbers. Uh, so if you're looking for Arden Key type production, which is what I think a lot of people are panicking they didn't have, to me that might be unique. Yeah. And I, w- I wouldn't rule that out. But you could have that with Yashir Abdullah. Sure. But for anybody, I mean, it's going to have to come down to market making sense. Yeah. Well, look. You, the, the question was, is there anybody that you'd like? And mm-hmm. I gave you the reason why. Yeah. But I do understand. And, and and John makes a great point. 
I think Trayvon Walker's going to be a guy yes. that you are going to see a lot of big, productive plays from this year. Will they all be strack, sack strips like he had in Nashville that kind of turned that game around last year? Um, you know, there were two big plays, by the way, that he made in both of those games against Tennessee. One was the sack and the strip that put the ball back in the hands uh, of Trevor, right, in the first half and, and got the Jaguars on the board. The other was a big third down stop out here against Derrick Henry, where literally he reached out with one big arm and did what I didn't think anyone could do. So if you're thinking, well, Trayvon Walker didn't do a lot last year. He won both of the games and may have been the guy who won the division for you, in a sense, mm -hmm. with those big plays that turned the game around. And he's young. Yeah. If that time. If that play on Henry had been a sack, everyone would the know. The perception it. of him would be among, different. Among some fans, would be different. Right. Just based on that, because that would give him four and a half, a big play late. You know. And I get it. Rayshon made the big play out yeah. here, but but he doesn't even get a chance to make that play if right? not for if yeah. not for that that stop. So I, I was reading a story somewhere about the three pass rushers last year. Uh, that went in the top 10 picks, and, and they were kind of dismissive of Trayvon Walker. Mm -hmm. Hold off, let's see if he can be. Well, he probably made the two plays that won the division last year. I don't know whether, you know, the national folks aren't going to look that deep. But you should remember them. Jaguars fans should. And as this team is built and as it's constructed around the offense, the defense doesn't need to be, you know, a shutdown Denver Broncos defense where you only score, you know, three points a game. They need to keep them in line, get Trevor the ball back, yeah. and, and Play with the let lead. them win. Yeah, let them win games that way. All right. Talked a lot of defense. Coming up, we are going to head to the offensive side of the ball. We heard from Trevor Lawrence for the first time during OTAs. So come right back and you'll hear from him. Welcome Second back. Second year in. with us. Obviously third year in the league. So, you know, the development and the growth. Um, you know, we got to see the way he ended the season last year is what we got to see to start the season, right? And just, just continue that progression with him. And um, he's on the right track. He's doing everything that we've asked him to do. He's, again, a, a young player on our team. He's the, you know, he's the, he's the key to the, you know, the offense. It makes, it makes it work. So, you know, he understands his role from the standpoint of, you know, put the ball in the playmaker's hands, you know. Um, but now having a full year, of our offense under his belt too, that, that gives him a lot of confidence where, you know, he, last year we were still teaching and he was still learning. And, um, you know, he's still learning, but the uh, he he's now teaching, you know, uh, the offense to the other guys. Very well, we hear from the former quarterback weighing in on the current quarterback. We're gonna go all Trevor right now because obviously he's, you know, the face of the franchise. We wanna know how he's doing. Um, we talked, he talked to the media yesterday and, he just looks as good as ever. I mean, I wasn't here last season. You'll have to tell me. But he, he looks like he is in a good place. He understands things. You talked to him a little bit about, you know, finally having some consistency going in, obviously, the second year under Doug Peterson. And he just feels like he's in a better space. Well, let's take you back to 2021 for just a moment, which was, you know, a hall of horrors around here for the obvious <laughs> reason. John, I think we were all impressed with the way that he handled himself that year. Here's a young quarterback with things breaking down around him who was asked the question every week, what's it like to lose for you? Because if you recall, yeah. at Cartersville and Clemson, he rarely lost. And, you know, whether he played well or whether the team played well, which they didn't very much, um, he always came and answered questions and seemed to have that poise in the noise, right? Um, last year, he just took a step on that. And this year, my observation of Trevor Lawrence is, is that he is in complete control. 
right? It's almost like Doug and Mike McCoy and Press Taylor kind of tell him what they want, and he goes and runs the practice, mm -hmm. right? He's out there talking to guys, pointing and putting guys in position. Um, I know everyone wants to talk about leadership. The guy defines it. Absolutely, utterly defines quarterback leader. Yeah, I, uh, he's the guest on the Ozone podcast this week. So it's, it's, I asked him about that same thing, and I kind of asked him on the lines of he was so poised as a rookie and then so poised even with a two and six start. I said, I kind of asked him if that was all BS or not. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> is that just shocking that you would ask you? me like that? Well, well you, know, you sort of are interested in, in, in how a guy's feeling inside. And he said, well, there are obviously times where you struggle with confidence. But then he also said he's always just sort of believed the phrase he used that he, that he would come out on the other side. Yeah. So, yes, there are ups and downs that you have as a person that are natural. But he really does have this confidence because he's never been proven wrong on this, that he is going to be good, that it's going to work out if, if he does the right things then he will succeed. So I thought that was an interesting answer along those fronts. And uh, Doug Peterson talked about the second-year jump that he was going to take in this offense. And when Doug talked at the top of this show about liking what he's seeing, um, I think Doug's seeing all the signs of everything, including Trevor, that those things are going to happen. Uh, everything looks and feels like it's supposed to. And as Doug said, now you've got to go do it when the pads come on in September. In 2021, he came into a dozen press conferences and mm -hmm. said, I know what I am capable of doing. Mm -hmm. I know what kind of player I am. And it was refreshing to see that despite the fact that things weren't going well, as John said, he saw what was coming and what the other side of the equation was. And now we're all getting to see it. This is a lot about character, and that's the stuff you can't teach, right? Um, so obviously saw that early. Let's hear a little bit from Trevor himself talking about what he's working on in terms of details this season. The little things, the details of the position, whether it's you know different progressions, just being smarter with the ball in certain situations. You know, I think you look at our season last year and had a lot of situations where we made a lot of crazy plays, did a lot of things that we needed to do to win games. But how do I just play in and play out, be more consistent? You know, take the take the check down on certain plays. When do I trust my instincts? You know, just being smart about all that. I think. You know, I do that well at times, but there's sometimes I could be a little bit more consistent and um, just make the easy plays, make the routine plays every time, and that's where I'm trying to improve more on. Consistency, the key there, right? We, we've seen what he's capable of, but he needs to do that, you know, the entire season this year, and I think he's aware of that. And the fact they can't play from behind every game and expect to win some of the crazy ways that they did, they need to get out ahead early. I think what's interesting is in the AFC, you are always going to have to be on top of your game. We'll hear that from Trevor, that same thing from him. But it's true. Every game, he will. 110% on this one. When you look at the quarterbacks, the Joe Burrows, the Justin Herberts, you know, all the guys, forget Patrick Mahomes, right, and Josh Allen, in order to be at his best, he's going to have to be focused on the little details like that. And consistency, John, is the one you probably talked about it the most since you got back here, uh, you know, 13, 14 years ago after covering Peyton Manning is it's doing the same thing the same way mm -hmm. every play. Yeah, look, look, I'm sure Doug would tell you the same thing. Th they weren't a great team last year, and Trevor wasn't a great quarterback last year. Uh, even at the end of the season, you know, great probably doesn't throw the four picks <laughs> yeah, out there. Yeah. Now, when I say that, I don't expect great as a second-year guy. 
Um, what Trevor's talking about, the consistency stuff, is what will make him great and what will make this team great. Um, they can't play on the same edge that they played on in the last five or six games of the season and expect to have those same results. Um, there was some good fortune involved in their finish. They earned that good fortune, but you can't always rely on that. For this team to get where it wants to go, the second-year jump that Doug's talking about in this offense will come in the form of consistency. But it's got to happen, and, and I'm sure based on what Doug said yesterday, that's what he's emphasizing is, look, guys, A, we didn't win the Super Bowl, so last year's not good enough, you know, right. I mean, fundamentally. But also, even to get back to where we want to go and get to where this franchise wants to go, that has to be perceived looking back as a stepping stone. It can't be the apex. It feels like a good mindset as well because the other thing is you don't want to get off the rails if you lose one game, right, to be able to kind of reboot and be like, all right, let's not go on a giant skid again and dig ourselves into a huge hole and be like, we have the capability to get ourselves out of this. I'm going to do my routine. You see him getting just comfortable and just feeling like he's ready to go. I also talked to um, – we, when we talked to him yesterday, Trevor touched a little bit upon what it's like for him now in his Thursday – third season to be a little bit more of a vocal leader just knowing everybody more you have those relationships with guys that have been here since my rookie year and then guys that came in last year and then now being a third year guy with the rookies coming in I think you just have that experience where you feel more comfortable speaking up and being the, the leader in the room leader of the offense um, and then beyond that I think obviously playing well and having the year we had last year gives you more confidence and um, I mean, that helps a little bit, but at the end of the day, I try to be the same guy. You know, I don't change just because we had some success last year. I try to be that same guy, lead by example, and um, use my voice when needed. I'm sure he's always been a leader, but he does seem like the same guy, right? He's worried. You can't really tell if he's if he's happy. You can tell a little bit, but not really, and kind of the even keel, which you, which you need at that position sometimes. He's already consistent in front of the media, mm -hmm. right? He's already consistent with the message, and all you can assume is he's the same guy with his teammates in there. I mean, that's a no-brainer as far as I see it. Yeah, the leadership thing, um, I think he had that falling out of the crib. You know, I, mean, I can't it, imagine him ever lacking it. I really yeah. couldn't. That's just his thing. At the same time, uh, if it was year three and he hadn't had success last year, then that natural leadership is going to be sort of eroded a little bit by some guys in the locker room saying, that's ah, great, you're a leader, but can you play? Well, mm -hmm. That leadership now has been supplemented by, wow, this kid can make plays. It's been defined. I mean, this kid can be special. Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden that starts taking off, and no matter what he does, they will follow him. But he's a natural. And, again, he's the kind of guy people want to be around and they want to play with and for and all that. And now that he's uh, succeeded, I think that, I think you'll just see him turn into that dynamic, no, no questions asked, whatever he says is the tone of the franchise guy. That's a great point. And we'll never, right, thank you, Ron. We'll, <laughs> we'll never hear or see a list of all the people who picked up the phone, whose agents picked up the phone mm -hmm. and called Trent Baalke and said, hey, do you have any interest in my guy, right? Mm -hmm. um, we're talking about guys the Jaguars might have interest in, but because of Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence – and what they're doing on that side of the ball, there will be players who will pick up the phone, whether the Jags have any interest or not, they'll say, we would like to come and talk to you about playing mm -hmm. in Jacksonville. You want to be around this. You're looking for a situation where there's opportunity for greatness. And when you have a quarterback and a head coach who are playing and doing these things, you will have people saying, I want to be a part of that. But we're, you're never going to hear that. 
And that's right. the best part, though, because it's the humility. We know they're talented. They know they're talented. But they're not coming on saying, yeah, I know I'm talented. Like, yeah. Trevor's out there like, yeah, John I feel Wood. like. John would. Well, John no, is I've been on the end special. of the call where you call and ask if you're interested in people. They say, say no. no. Yeah, no they just hang out. Uh, haven't we all? Welcome to high school. <laughs> oh, John. We're not going to go down that dark path. We are going to say Trevor's very humble, and that is what makes him very special because he is as talented as well. We talked also, uh, he talked a little bit yesterday about obviously this offense is expected to do great things. They're going to have to outscore some of most of their opponents. Um, obviously, if you want to win the game, you have to outscore them, but you know, they run with some of the Chiefs and the, and the, the Bengals and some of these high scoring offenses. If he has an exact number in mind of how many points they want to score a game, he's certainly not sharing that right now. I mean, obviously, you're looking to improve in every category and every part of your personal game and as an offense. And at the end of the day, no, I'm not going to give you an answer because we're going to score as many points as it takes to win. And some weeks that'll be, some weeks that might be 35, some weeks that might be 17. Who knows what it's going to be? Uh, obviously, we want to score as many points as we can. But at the end of the day, if we got one more point than the other team, that's what it, that's what it's about. All right, he's not going to give us a number. What do we think is plausible here? Well, I asked the head coach about it. I did an interview with him for the uh, alumni newsletter a few months ago. And I told him I was flippantly just out there throwing, you know, 35 points a game out there, mm -hmm. rotary clubs and things. And he goes, why not? Sure. He said, now, in truth, he said, we scored 24. And the Chiefs, who won the Super Bowl, were scoring just under 28, right? Yep. So we need to get to 30 if we're going to be in the mix and compete with the best of the best. So 31. Yeah, I thought the Chiefs led the league at around 30.5 last year. I could be wrong, but... But he, that was what he said. I, I didn't check Well, yeah, I don't want to yeah. argue with that. All right, we need right. fact checkers. Um, but they improved from, I think it was 13.9 in 2021 to where they were last year. Right. Uh, if you look at the numbers, I think they were right around 24 points a game last year. They were around 26 or 27 late in the season once they sort of figured it out. You add another step of figuring it out, and you add Ridley to this. Yeah. Um, I I don't think they would ever say this. I, I I think Doug's looking at this saying we ought to be in the top three. When you look at all, we the ought to be able to go to Kansas City, go to Buffalo, go to Cincinnati. And say go play those guys, right. and be in uh, all the offensive shootout games we've seen those three teams play. Yeah. I think Doug looks at this offense and says, we ought to be able to be in that. Well, you look at all the weapons, and, and Evan Ingram isn't even out on the field right now. You look mm -hmm. at what, what's possible. Tank Bigsby has been impressive, right? The last two practices, I've watched him. And now you think about, well, where can I put Travis, ETN? Yeah. How can I create a mismatch by moving him out of the backfield and lining him up in the slot or wide? Mm -hmm. What can I do when I've got the tight ends? Strange made a great catch yesterday, the third-round pick. Pardon me, the second-round pick from um, – Penn State made a beautiful catch. I mean, you've just got so many pieces. And now you take Doug and Press and Mike McCoy, three really, really good offensive minds with this quarterback. Yeah, be in the top three. So it starts to get fun, right? Yeah, yeah. We've never seen anything like – we've seen some good offense around here in the day, mm -hmm. um, but I don't think anything like what we're about to see. Certainly on paper, this is the best – we're going to be able to probably put together, I'd imagine. I, at this point, it's just getting gluttonous, right, if we add anybody else. Yeah, somebody well, asked about DeAndre Hopkins the other day, and, and my first thought is, Where does he even play? Where's the spot for him? I mean, again, yeah. he's a great player, but why? You get, you, how? Well, and I think there's an element, too. This could be the a, a peak point in terms of uh, how many – high-profile skill guys they can have. Yeah. Once you start researching contracts, yeah. uh, then it, it it could become a situation where you have a little more emphasis on the quarterback position 
and he has to carry guys that are less proven. That's supposed to be how the how the balance sort of shifts once you get that. So are you going to have another year where you've got this perfect storm of Christian Kirk's second year, Evan Ingram's second year, Zay Jones' second year, rookie? You know, uh, I don't know the, if you have that perfect storm, although if Trevor is what we think, then you can maintain a high level of, of pace offensively. Very well. All right, we're going to do John's ozone questions when we come back, and we'll get all of those questions answered for you. So stay with us. All right, we're going to check in with the ever-wise John Ogier and get his answers on some of these questions that you guys have sent to him. First, we're checking in with P-Funk from Murray Hill. That's our first question of the day. Does the signing of our 13 rookies dip into the money that the team could use to sign more veteran free agents? Yeah, I'm not going to go deep, deep, deep into this. The answer is not really. Uh, It is a rookie salary cap, and it would take a while to explain the machinations of that. But essentially... Your rookie salary cap uh, is a cap within a cap. All of those guys that you sign don't always count against your off-season cap, Brian. So yep. it, uh, it, it affects it a touch, but it's also planned for well in advance so that it doesn't really affect moves that they make. It, anything affects the cap. But they knew what their cap number was going to be, and it's not affecting their activity right now. So that's not, I'm sure people who... The depth of the cap, every detail that I'm probably missing some things there, but that's the essence of it. They got $11 million in cap room yeah. right now after signing their rookie class. So they're not um, missing out on anybody because of money at this point. No, part. and there are there are still two players with big uh, numbers, uh, Cam and Darius Williams. If they decided they were going to jump in, they could restructure a bit. They haven't. Mm-hmm. There's also Evan Engram that they could sign to a long-term deal and drop – his $11.3 million franchise tag down. So there's plenty of mechanisms. There's not enough players. There's not enough need to go and do this, right? I mean, if they really wanted to sign a pass rusher, I'm going to guess that they can get that pass rusher in on a two-year deal and make his number this year somewhere about six, seven, eight million, you know, in a way that they can fit it in. So they shouldn't need to restructure, but if they felt the need to, if there was something there, they could go and do it. They are in really strong cap shape. And they're certainly waiting it out, too, for that veteran guy. If they are going to go that route, they'll hopefully get a little bit of a bargain later, closer to the start you of the bet. season. All right, question two for you, John, is from Joe in Jacksonville. If Trevor plays well next season, is there any scenario where he does not get extended? Would they wait a year? Well, there's always scenarios. I mean, in uh, so the best way I can explain it is the Bengals have, have their chance after their season ended this year to re-sign not Joe Burrow to a long-term deal. Nobody thinks that that's not going to happen. They're working on it right now. It hasn't happened yet, mainly because the, the the complexities of this contract that have to s- spread out over perhaps 10 years mm-hmm. yeah. and affect your cap, they are complicated, uh, I guess negotiations is the word, but it's not even like the – sides are in disagreement right it's that they're trying how to find what works do this, so feasibly do this yeah thing. there's a possibility that it wouldn't get done next off season but i don't think there's any possibility that it won't be discussed and i don't think it's going to be an adversarial situation with no. this i think it's going to be trent and shod 
going to Trevor's people and saying, let's figure out a way to make this work that makes him happy, makes him you know, the highest paid whatever, and also works for our team. And I think Trevor's team will go, yeah, let's make sure we go that direction. I think that's the only scenario. I don't, I don't see a scenario where the Jaguars go, hmm, let's play games here and wait a year. <laughs> no. I don't think that's what it's going to be. No, you're right. There's a couple things to add to that. Uh, first of all, when you're talking now about these quarterbacks and these mega contracts that are coming, right? I mean, uh, was it 10 years ago that we – or not even 10 years, five years ago that Matt Ryan became the first $30 million a year quarterback. Five years later now, we're in the mid-50s, right? Yeah. So there's a mechanism that is being investigated, and that is – can you take a quarterback and make him a percentage of your salary cap, right? Say, you will always be X percent, 8, 9, 10%, whatever it is. Well, no one's done that yet, right? And that Because it, it's a little trickier than just that, but, but it makes sense. But that's probably coming at some point in the future because we're talking, if it's taken five years to get to, to the mid-50s, Where are we we're talking about at? 70, yeah. 80, that kind of thing. Well, nobody wants to be the first. I mean, everyone's still pissed off at the Browns for fully guaranteeing Deshaun Watson's money. contract. Yeah. They don't want to set precedent without consulting, you know, other teams and making sure that this is the best model going forward because Burrow's contract and Justin Herbert is is up for a contract this year. Will dictate. I think the expectation is both of them will have something done here in the next couple of months. It will set a precedent that Shad and Trent and the team here will then be able to follow, right? So it's not just complex within your own salary cap. It's complex within the framework of the 32 teams and how that changes the dynamic of paying all quarterbacks going forward. So this process is slow. I would expect you want to get it done, John, because you've got a bunch of young players coming up in the next few years, and the quarterback will set the tempo for your entire salary cap. How you do, Trevor, will allow you to go forward and keep as much together as you want. So they got to get it right, and Burrow and Herbert are going to set that precedent. Yeah, I, I think the... I don't know if this question was implying it, but some questions I've gotten is, well, would they try to, quote, be smart about this and let him play out his deal, play on the franchise? You don't have to do this immediately. Mm -hmm. And for the reasons you cite, Brian, first of all, you don't do that when you believe he is your guy. Yeah, You You want to build around it. And the sooner that you get the structure of the salaries in place, the sooner – I mean, think of it as an Excel spreadsheet. You get that Trevor in place on your cap – then you can figure out how the rest of your decade is going to look or at least have a plan. Until you know that, then you may as well have like little scraps of paper in the air. And I just want to point this out. To go back to the Browns set the precedent of a fully guaranteed contract. Well, the Ravens couldn't get their deal done with Lamar Jackson for the longest time because he said, well, they guaranteed Deshaun Watson. Look what he got. I want, I want that too. guaranteed money, right? So these owners, they're thinking of their cap and their business situation, but they're also in business with 31 other owners, and they've got to work together to make sure. It's not collusion, but they're working together to make sure that if you're setting a precedent, i got to be able to live up to that. i got to be able to do it too. There's a lot of other issues, and we could go deep into the weeds on it, like <laughs> having to put money in escrow. So if I guarantee yep. you $100 million, i got to have $100 million in cash to, give to put into an escrow account and the viability of the funding rule. But the point is the Jaguars will get something done as quickly as they can with their quarterback because he's their guy. 
Not a mathematician. This is well above my pay grade, but I know he will get his money, and I know he Trevor will be here for quite some time. What the logistics of that are, we'll see in the next year or two, um, but they're going to get that done for sure. Um, all right, stay with us. Coming up, we'll have a peek at what we've got going on the rest of the week and what you guys have to look forward to. Move the freight, move the freight. Magellan Transport voted coolest office space in Jacksonville. Apply online at www.magellanlogistics.com to check them out. All right, OTAs, eight underway today, nine and ten. Potentially getting minicamp canceled. I think everyone has their fingers crossed for that. I'm just going to say it. I think everybody has their fingers crossed for that. I'm sure the veterans probably already have vacations booked, to be completely honest. You know, Um, Doug last year talked about why he canceled it. Because he saw what he needed to see from these guys in the off-season program. Um, If he saw that last year, Mm -hmm. I have to believe that he has seen even more from them this year. You know, these guys out there, there's an intensity to the way that they work, you know. And I, I wrote it in the column for John yesterday. There's such a calmness to this team this year, right? Everything is like, yeah, we know what to do. Let's go here and do this. And let's, But when they get there to do it, they do it with intensity. My guess is if Doug saw it last year, he saw it this year. And veterans aren't going to be, be on the field much next week, if at all. I think he said as much yesterday. He's made his decision. He yeah. didn't tell us what that decision is. Yeah. But uh, Doug Peterson has made his decision Some about minicamp will be already. On the field, but I don't think guys that don't need to be will. Fair enough. Um, John, what do you got cooking this week? I know you talked to Trevor for your yeah, podcast. Yeah, I talked to Trevor for the Ozone podcast. That's the main thing. I believe that'll roll out Thursday, and uh, it's worth listening to. He, he's uh, always really good in that environment, and I think fans will enjoy it. Absolutely. We'll love that. Well, looking forward to everything. We will check in with you for one more off-season drive time before we take a little bit of a break and get ready for training camp. As always, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you soon.